welcome to Australian Women Preach, a podcast that aims to raise women's voices in preaching the gospel. Our intention is to model the church we want to be, inclusive, diverse and welcoming. Brought to you by WATAC, Women and the Australian Church and The Grail in Australia. Hi everyone, my name is Deborah Zanella and today I'm reflecting on Mark 14, 12 to 16, 22 to 25. And the topic of my reflection is Take This My Body, Violence and the Reality of Women's Experience, a Reflection from Praxis. And I know that we're also reflecting on what will be Corpus Christi Sunday. I'd like to commence by acknowledging that today I meet on Wajak Noongar country of WA in Perth and pay my respects to elders past and present. I also acknowledge that some of the material that I reflect on today may cause an impact in people. And so if you are triggered by today's conversation, then 1-800-RESPECT, which is a 24-7 support. And of course, if you are in danger, triple zero. In today's Gospel from Mark, we hear of the preparation and eating of the Passover meal. This eating of the Passover meal and Jesus' words in 22 to 26 are understood by scholars as the biblical narrative that institutes the Lord's Supper. The scriptures refer to a new covenant that is established. Scholars understand this new covenant represents the culmination of God's saving work amongst God's people. The basis for such renewal is the cross and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Commonly, the biblical expression is that this is achieved by Jesus' atoning death and resurrection, where complete forgiveness of sins is achieved. As someone who attempts to hear and see the gospel in praxis, working with women and their children escaping family and domestic violence, I have come to understand this covenantal renewal through the death and resurrection of Jesus as the ultimate gift of relational and transformative love. I understand this to be a love that sees all people worthy of this love, not just some, but all. A new and bold access to God that was not available in the old covenant is now obtained. The covenant with Israel has passed away, and now the promise is fulfilled in the restored Israel, which consists of both Jew and Gentile. In other words, it contains all of us. It does not distinguish. All the promises made to Abraham and David are fulfilled in the new covenant. It is this new covenant in the restored Israel that consists of both Jew and Gentile. Paul tells us that there is neither Jew or Gentile, woman or man. We are one body. It is this transformative and relational love that we celebrate and renew every time we participate in the Eucharist. It is in renewing ourselves over and over again, committing each and every time anew, to the demands that relational and transformative love asks of us. For me, one of those asks is to continue to work with women and for women whose body is often ignored and at worst treated with violence that maims and kills. I am conscious as I share my reflection today that I recognise that those who do not identify as woman or man or in any way that convention has corralled them into, I acknowledge them. I also recognise that the body of Aboriginal women is broken far more times than non-Aboriginal women, and I too acknowledge them. 
Where I would like to focus my attention on in my reflection today is the experience of body from a gendered view as a woman and in particular violence against women. The experience of violence in all its forms, financial, sexual, physical, psychological, spiritual and religious, prevents the fullness of the covenant that we hear expressed in today's gospel. I believe that we need to accept that our theological reflections are shaped by our experiences. A particular blog on women in theology states, our identities as women have been shaped by violence. Becoming a woman in our society inevitably entails coming to an acute awareness of bodily vulnerability. One of the most insidious characteristics of systems of social control like racism, sexism, heterosexism, is the power to cover up this violence which is done to the minds, bodies and soul of real humans. If we believe, as I do, that our theological reflections are shaped by our experiences, then as women and for women, we must speak of those experiences and name them. We cannot escape the facts. Here today, I call and share with you these facts, facts that are painful to hear so that we can express our solidarity with those women who are too afraid to speak out, or when they do, they feel so alone, who are sitting in our churches silent, too afraid, who are shamed by religious teaching and practice and clericalism that have blamed women and used and abused women. One woman every week on average in this country is murdered by her current or former partner. Aboriginal women are 32 times more likely to be hospitalised due to family violence than non-Aboriginal women. One in four women have experienced emotional abuse by a current or former partner since the age of 15. One in five women have experienced sexual violence since the age of 15. 85% of all Australian women have been sexually harassed. 92% of women who identify as LGBTQIA have experienced sexual harassment in their lifetime. Nine out of 10 women with a disability have been sexually harassed. One in three young people presenting alone to homelessness services have experienced domestic violence. And domestic and family violence is the leading cause of homelessness for women and children. No matter how many times I recite this data, it still shocks me and runs through my veins like cold ice. How can we be so silent about the reality of women's experience in this country, in our churches? Why do our clerics and leaders not rail against this in their sermons, in their addresses to the nation? We often have so many stereotypes of who these women are, pretending like they are not me, not you, but they are. Sharon, a GP from a rural town that was charged with manslaughter of her husband, had survived years of humiliating violence in all its forms at the hand of the man she believed loved her. Kerry, an Aboriginal woman sexually abused as a child and a child victim of family and domestic violence, had cycled in and out all of her life through mental health and drug and alcohol services, sleeping rough on the streets and losing her leg due to circulatory conditions brought about by the impact of trauma in her life. Over the last 12 months, we've seen Hannah Clark and her three children die at the hands of her husband, father to those children. And there are many more, older women, younger women, middle-aged women, children of all ages. We must talk of our experiences, the experiences of the women and what happens to their bodies. 
The body, which is only separable from the soul in the Gnostic tradition, is important to God. And if one part of our body hurts, we hurt all over. If our theological reflections are to be shaped by our experiences, I believe, then it is also true that our theological experiences are to be shaped by our bodies and what happens to women's bodies. I'm not so sure this is something we as an institutional church accept. When we as church fail to name the lived realities, the experience of women's vulnerability through violence, all forms of violence, then we deny, we silence that gift that is offered to us in the transformative and relational love that is offered in the words that Jesus speaks. Take this, my body. Janet Morley, in her prayer for Corpus Christi, reminds us that Christ invites us to intimacy through our bodies and that the body is to be celebrated when she prays, O God who took human flesh, that you might be intimate with us. May we so taste and touch you in our bodily life that we may discern and celebrate your body in the world. But to do as Janet Morley's prayer bids, we must first name and call out the reality of violence and vulnerability in women's experience. We must do this if we as church are to be whole. Whilst the work that we do in the family and domestic violence space is challenging, I am always struck by the resilience and courage women have in claiming back their bodies, their lives. They remind me, again and again, that the new covenant in today's gospel is for all. The women we work with, with whom we are in relationship with, transform me, and it leaves me with a sense of immense privilege and hope. A group of Madeleva lecturers from St Mary's College for Women in Notre Dame, Indiana, based on their experiences and vocations, shared with their students the following words of hope and courage. They said, to women in ministry and theological studies, we say, reimagine what it means to be the whole body of Christ. The way things are now is not the design of God. To young women looking for models of prophetic leadership, we say, walk with us as we seek to follow the way of Jesus Christ who inspires our hope and guides our concern. The Spirit calls us to a gospel feminism that respects the human dignity of all and who inspires us to be faithful disciples, to stay in the struggle to overcome oppression. To women who are tempted by the demons of despair and indifference, we say, reimagine what it means to be a full human being made in the image of God and to live and speak this truth in our daily lives. To women who suffer violence of all its kinds, I say, you are not alone. The death and maiming of women prevents a part of God's being from coming into fullness. God hears, God sees. If we acknowledge, name and understand the reality of women's experiences and vulnerability within the world, including our churches, then perhaps the gift that is offered in today's gospel can be realised. Then the transformational and relational love that is offered in the body and blood of Christ can be for all not just for some. So let me end with the delightful prayer of Janet Morley, that as a woman warms my heart and I hope warms yours. Blessed be God, who has not made me a man, but created me a woman according to her will, who sustains me with sisters, who grounds me with friends, who blesses me with desires and gives me to delight in women and to struggle with them for the enlarging of my soul and the recovery of her world. To the glory of her holy name. Amen.
You have been listening to Australian Women Preach, brought to you by WATAC, Women and the Australian Church, and The Grail in Australia. You can find out more about WATAC at watac, W-A-T-A-C, and The Grail at grailaustralia.org.au. The music in this podcast is from the song Truth, from the album Into Silence, by songwriter, musician, theologian and teacher Danielle Ann Lynch. You can hear the full version on Spotify. Spotify.